Welcome to Not Another Runner podcast, a running and health related podcast created by a run of the mill, yes, pun intended, everyday runner. Join me for all things running, health and well-being related, for the highs and lows of life, training and chasing goals. This podcast is designed to keep you motivated and enthusiastic on your journey to health and happiness. Every time I run, I discover something new about me and about life, be it a reason why I run or a discovery of myself. I genuinely find gratitude through running. I am able to stay healthy and fit through the execution of my passion, but furthermore, I am able to achieve peace, presence, growth and discovery. And I love to hear all your stories on how running has changed your lives and what it's brought to you. I want to connect like-minded people through the power of podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Not Another Runner podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the show and to this episode in particular. I am fully aware that there are thousands of podcasts readily available out there to listen to and I am grateful that you choose to listen to this one. Um, Thank you all for your very positive feedback on the most recent episodes, episode 21 with Carly Barnes, aka Girl Run the Shire, and about her 12-day marathon Um, which she has now managed to completely sell out with 200 of you signing up, which is brilliant news. Um, Lots of money go into the um, very great charities that she's raising money for this Christmas. Um, And if you haven't listened to that episode already and want to find out more, um, it's episode 21. And also uh, with regards to episode 22 with Simon Grace, aka Run Fat Boy Run, I think lots of you felt very empowered and inspired by his statement and his hashtag why I run with the simple because I can. So as ever, this episode is full of brilliant tips with today's guest sharing their three tips in getting started with running, their do's and don'ts to marathon training and their hashtag why I run. Today's guest is Carrie Brown, aka The Running Life of Carrie. Carrie is such a genuine and thoughtful person. It was just so lovely to catch up with her again. She's become a true friend over the past few months, despite the fact that we've not yet met in person. She inspires and motivates me on a daily basis. And I want nothing more than for you guys to hear more about Carrie, her run in life, and for you too to be motivated and inspired by her. Carrie shares with us about her marathon journey, achieving her first marathon before turning 30 with a more than respectful time of 3.18. Carrie tells us about her journey with the marathon and how she went on to achieve the brilliant time this year at London Marathon with a three hours and one minute. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed chatting with Carrie. Um, As usual, let me and today's guest know your thoughts on the episode. Get in touch with us over on Instagram. Let us know what you get up to whilst you're listening and share your hashtag why I run with us. Thank you and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Other Runner podcast. Um, today's guest is Carrie, based in Surrey, UK. Carrie is an army wife, obsessed with her cat, who, just like me, loves, loves, loves coffee um, and is, of course, a runner. Carrie most recently achieved an incredible time of three hours and one minute in the marathon at this year's London Marathon. Hello and welcome, Carrie. Hiya. Hello. You okay? Yes, I'm very yes. well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. You are very welcome. 
Um, as I say every episode, I am really excited for this. I actually genuinely <laughs> am very excited. And I really still need to find a new way to, to introduce guests. But I am excited. Um, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself, what it is you do for a living, Carrie? Um, so I'm a project manager and I work for an IT company. Um, my job's based in London, so I travel from... Um, where I live um, in a little a little Hampshire village uh, into London, um, but I, I actually really like London as a city. It's it's just a great place to be. I've I've always loved London, and I just love getting out and exploring London. Um, so, yeah, that's what I do. Um, I've just turned thirty three, which uh, actually terrifies me because I feel like I should be a proper adult by now, but I I don't class myself as an adult, and I don't know if I ever will. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> 33 is scary. <laughs> 33 to me still sounds young, and I'm younger than you, but it does. So you've, you've, got, you've got plenty of time. There's no need to be adulting too seriously. Um, <laughs> still be running, still enjoy time with cats, and lots of coffee still. Yes. Don't need to grow old just yet. You no. Um, and with your job then, are you commuting quite a little bit to like are you when you are in London do you ever get to run in London um yeah so I've had to kind of change my training routine up um a bit so now I try to run at lunchtime in London um which I've always been predominantly a morning runner uh, so this is a whole new a whole new level of running for me um but London's actually great to run in. I, I have made an error a few times and run completely the wrong way and just hit walls of tourists. But um, I recently found I can actually get to Battersea Park quite easily from my office. So I think that's going to become my new lunchtime running location. Um, but I'm also very lucky there's a gym at my work. So I can go and use that lunchtime as well, which is really handy. That's perfect. I always, I always like wonder, um, those who are like, running during their lunchtime whilst they're working like how how does it work what are the logistics do you have an hour for lunch and you run for like 30 minutes and then you get a quick shower and something to eat or do you have longer how does it work um so I tend to um I tend to run for about 40 or 45 minutes have a really quick shower and then uh shove my sandwiches into my face while I'm back working or just quickly um my work are quite they're, they're pretty good you know I can eat I can eat at my desk um they're not gonna um get too agitated if if you know I'm a few minutes over the hour because they always know I'll put in the time at the beginning of the day or the end of the day anyway um so I'm very lucky they are quite flexible um and they all think I'm crazy for going out running at lunchtime anyway um so I think I just get more admiration than anything else <laughs> yeah oh see I just wouldn't be able to fit in because we don't number one we don't have a shower number two uh, I can't I can't eat at my desk because we have customers and we're like customer facing so that would be very rude um yeah. so yeah I just I wouldn't be able to so it's either got to be early morning or after work but yeah it's, it's quite a good way to fit it in if you are commuting yeah and I guess yeah I am lucky that I, I can just slightly eat my lunch at my desk if yeah. I'm you know outside of my lunch break um, which actually serves me well because I spend most of the day eating at my desk so I don't think I could do a job where I couldn't eat at my desk <laughs> yeah yeah especially if you're marathon training yeah Snacks always handy yeah. um how was it that you got into running initially how long have you been running for um 
so I've been running for oh, about 23 years now. Um, uh, so I got into running when I was uh, younger, when I was about 10 at school. And, you know, obviously in, in PE and school, you do various sports and various fun things. Um, and a PE teacher said to my mum that I seemed to be okay at running and perhaps have a little bit of talent for it. And, you know, perhaps I should go along to a local athletics club, uh, which I did. And, um, well, the rest is kind of history. <laughs> um I, I did a lot of track running in my teens um, and then late teens, early 20s kind of stopped running, lost the love a bit, had a bit of a break, um, then got back into road running. I never went back to track, but I started doing longer stuff on the road, joined another running club um, probably until my mid to late 20s um, and then I just started running on my own really just for just for fun and when I wanted to um but it's kind of always been always been part of my life um yeah and actually recently I've because I moved to a new town um with someone else I've just set up a local little running group for people to come along and join us for a run on a Monday evening um just because I recognized there wasn't really anything locally going on for runners and it's just a social get together so I think running will always be part of my life and if I can you know help other people get into running as well then great oh that's brilliant we're we're about to start that you've set the group up um so it's in a town called petersfield um which not many people have heard of unless they're probably local to the area but uh but yeah if you're listening to this and you're in or around petersfield you want to come along please do peter is that petersville you said petersfield petersfield ah right okay and how many have you got going at the moment um so it was the third week this week um the first week we had like 18 people turn up um last week we had about 30 (gasps) and this week we had uh 21 I think it was so um yeah brilliant that's amazing it seems to have gone down well locally I think um it's almost like it gives people an excuse to go out running because they can go running in a group and someone said we'll do a run at this time come along so it's a bit yeah. easier than motivating yourself to get out of the door on your own. Oh, massively. Like when you when you like agree to meet a friend and go for a run or a walk together, you're so much more inclined to actually, you know, get into your get changed into your gear, put your trainers on and actually go and do it than if you were doing it yourself, especially when you're first starting off. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I agree. Brilliant. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. That sounds really good. Um so have you've obviously always been interested in sports and an active lifestyle. It doesn't sound like there's been a long period of your life that you weren't ever, you know, other than the few little breaks that you had from running, you've obviously always been interested in sports. Yeah, yeah, have, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, even as uh, a kid, I was always doing kind of after-school sports clubs. Like I did netball and hockey um, and badminton, although um, actually I was really rubbish at badminton. I don't know why I kept going along. But it was it was fun. Um, And then kind of as you know, as I joined the athletics club, I gave all those up to to do athletics a bit more. So, yeah, yeah, I've always been sporty. And how far was it into your running journey that you decided that you wanted to run that little bit extra and train for the marathon? Um, Well, very naively, when I was uh, either 21 or 22, I 
I've made this blind promise that I would do a marathon before I was 30, thinking 30's way off. I've got loads of time. Um, and then I got to about a month before my 29th birthday and thought, oh, I probably really need to do something about that promise I made myself. Um, so basically I sat down uh, with my well, now husband is my boyfriend at the time, and Googled uh, a bunch of marathons for uh, the start of the next year. And we booked one for the following February. So this was the October. We booked one for the following February um, so that I could get in my marathon before I was 30. Um, and, yeah, I had to do it then. <laughs> wow. did, did he enter as well? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. But he'd already done two marathons before, so... Yeah, he knew what he was getting himself into. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And how was um, the training leading up to that very first marathon? Um, I actually quite enjoyed the training because I I just went online and found, you know, a generic 16-week training program for a marathon um, because I didn't really know how else to train myself for it. Um, And I guess having the challenge... And having someone or a program to tell me what sessions I needed to do every day and when I was resting and, you know, the paces to target that that was really useful. So I enjoyed the challenge. Um, I did actually get uh, appendicitis halfway through my training for that marathon, which knocked me out for a bit. But uh, I was I was a determined little runner and got myself back to it in time to um, to still make the marathon. <laughs> That's that is crazy that you had that halfway through because that that could have like that could have left you like le- like you could have been out of running for weeks and weeks with that trying to return from it how did you manage it um I'm just really stubborn I think <laughs> uh when I it came on really suddenly you know I was absolutely fine on on the Thursday woke up the Friday morning feeling a bit unwell um and then was in the hospital Friday afternoon and they operated the Saturday morning um so it all happened really quickly um and yeah I remember when I went into hospital and they said oh you know uh, we're gonna have to operate I kind of said ah oh, well can't I just have some antibiotics or something instead and the nurse looked at me like I was absolutely crazy <laughs> she said no we have to operate oh all oh, right okay. oh right. okay it's only yeah. an appendicitis <laughs> yeah um and so I remember saying to that nurse well, I'm supposed to be running a marathon in in eight weeks and she said uh I don't I don't think you're going to be doing that somehow and for me that was no this is not an option I'm running this marathon um so when the consultant came around kind of the day after surgery to see me um I mentioned the marathon then. She said, well, let's just see how you recover overnight tonight. And on the Sunday morning, uh, when the consultant came back and discharged me, and I said, can I do my marathon? And she said, yes, but don't run for a week. I want you to have a week off. Just let, you know, let the wounds heal. And when you do go back, do go back really gently. So I did. um, But I think I was just fortunate that, you know, they caught it quickly, operated quickly, and uh, I recovered really quickly. So yeah. I, I know it can be quite a bad experience for some people. So I do just count myself lucky. Because mm. I'd always think it would be a lot longer than a week. Like if you've just been operated on and to heal, etc. You'd think like running could actually, you know, stop you from recovering so well afterwards. That's quite, um, 
Yeah, it's quite shocking, really, that you could get back to running just a week after. Was it yeah. painful when you back, went back? Um, no, it wasn't. I did start back gently, um, and it took a while for kind of the... Because you, they feel you full of air when they take your appendix out. So you kind of wake up, and you're so bloated because you're just, you've just been pumped full of air. Um, and that was uncomfortable for about two weeks probably after the operation so that actually forced me to start back running slowly because it it was too uncomfortable to run faster so I think that did me a favor in a way um but no generally it was okay and if anything did start hurting I just stopped because I didn't want to set myself back too much um so yeah no I think I was just lucky because it was keyhole surgery everything Yeah. yeah everything healed quite quickly that is lucky. And then, so when you made it to that marathon, how did it go on the day? Um, the, <laughs> I always laugh looking back at my first marathon experience because I got I got so nervous before it. Um, and I think flying out to Seville to do it probably didn't help because um, you know what it's like when you go to like a hotel or somewhere and the first night, generally you never sleep too well because it's a new environment. Um, and I think my nerves on top of that meant that for the two nights before the marathon, I, I didn't really sleep. Um, and I just I got myself in such a state that I think about 3 a.m. on the morning of the marathon, I was crying in a, you know, a complete mess saying I've had no sleep. I can't, I can't do it. I've wasted all this training, blah, blah, blah. Uh, probably passed out because I think I'd cried myself into exhaustion and then woke up a few hours later. And then it was marathon morning and you know I didn't really have a choice I was there to do it so I was going to do it um I didn't eat a lot of breakfast because I felt too sick but once I was on the start line it all I just kept thinking was I crossed the start line and then I've just got to get to the finish line and it's done and at the time I was saying and then I never have to do this ever again I just need to do this today and then it's done um and actually the run itself I I really enjoyed the first probably the first 17 miles and then I hated every step of uh that last well that last nine miles was hideous especially after getting to 20 miles it all got really painful but just one foot in front of the other um I think that's when your mind takes over and your body just does whatever your mind tells it to do so yeah it was definitely an experience it taught me a lot about myself that first marathon that I was far stronger mentally than I thought I was because I wanted to quit at quite a lot of points, but I didn't. And I got to the end. So, yes, my yeah. first marathon was not, it was not, um, it was not a pretty marathon, yeah. <laughs> but I made it. So many people say that though, like one foot in front of the other. Like I think, like, I think of Carly when that, that comes up because I hear her say that a lot. Um, she was on the podcast recently. I think she was episode 20, if I remember rightly, 20 or 21. Um, I think it was 21. Um, but yeah, she says that regularly, as do I. And I know um, James Dunn. He says that as well. He's been on the podcast, one front of the in front of the other, and he always says, "Always forward, forward, always." And it is definitely you do get to a point of mind over matter. And yeah. I think some of us, like in some experiences, you you actually don't know how you managed to complete it. You just did it because that definitely was the case for me in my first one. And like you said. Um, you learned a lot about yourself and that you were far more like stronger mentally and obviously then resilient. And I definitely, definitely felt like that afterwards. 
um for completing my first marathon yeah uh, I think it's I think it's quite um unusual oh, I don't know maybe I haven't spoken to enough people about it but it's unusual for someone to have a first marathon go incredibly well that makes me feel better <laughs> yeah I think and I think it's normal to be really nervous like you know when you did your second marathon like how did you feel in comparison were you like much calmer oh so much calmer That's I mean good. I think I yeah I put myself in a much better situation for the second marathon it was a, a much more low-key one um I stayed with some friends the night before um they all kind of distracted me um we had you know it was a nice relaxed morning I'd, I'd slept well and that of course then made me more confident um yeah I, the second marathon experience was a much much better one probably actually my best marathon experience in terms of how I felt yeah running and in myself the whole time yeah yeah which which marathon was it that second one uh so that was Chelmsford which oh is, yes yeah and it's it, you know it's a good one but it's I, I said it's low-key because they they don't you know there's not loads and loads and loads of runners and they don't shut the roads so you know occasionally you you hear someone shouting behind you car and you you know you have to just keep in for a car but it, the traffic wasn't crazy you know the cars were never a problem um and I think I, I barely actually saw any cars but it's quite a quiet course in in the sense that I guess because it's on country lanes you don't get support all around the course you just get get it in little clusters um and it's generally then friends or family of people running but that was kind of nice because you could just switch off and go into your own little world which is exactly what I did um I was actually listening to uh, one of the Harry Potter audiobooks during that marathon um and it was great because you just get lost in the story and then you see some people and they're cheering and you wave and then you get lost in the story again and yeah that was that was a great run actually yes um I've heard you say this before about Harry Potter I'm, I'm assuming you've, you've listened to them quite a few times with the amount of of miles and training that you do do you know you say that I've still not made it to the end of all the audiobooks <laughs> no way. they're so long but that's it's good for marathon training because I mean each book is a crazy amount of hours but it just swallows up the long runs um so yeah I've still not made it to the end I haven't actually uh, gone back to listening to it for a while um, I really should but yeah I think I'm on the last book now uh. <laughs> And how many how many marathons have you done in total? Because I know you've done a few. I've done four. Four. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, you know, in the in the introduction, I said about your incredible time that you achieved this year in London Marathon. Um, that first marathon, though, and that first experience, obviously, very nervous. How like what sort of time was it that you got? Uh, so in Seville, I did a three eighteen. Which first marathon? Really nervous barely slept crying because you were that kind of <laughs> anxious not eating enough and then you just get a 318 yeah I, w- I was really pleased Amazing. really pleased yeah. yeah um and with that one I'd actually stopped I stopped looking at my watch at about mile 20 because it mentally it wasn't doing me any favors and then I looked at it again with I think a mile to go and I'm glad I did because I thought, gosh, if I if I pick up now, if I really try, I can get in under a three twenty. Um, so, and that was that was a surprise to me. I thought I'd dropped off pace a, a lot more than I had. Um, 
So I was pleased, yeah. Um, yeah. Just I think I probably could have approached it more sensibly in the days immediately beforehand, but never yeah. mind. We live and learn. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, you can't, you know, first a first marathon is like, you know, you you can't really uh, eliminate that angst and anxiety and the unknown, and you know that's going to be inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think you know it just shows that you you care and you've put a lot of time and effort into it um, and you want it to go well. So I think most runners do get nervous, really. Um, I just seem to take it to the extreme sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I second that. I've only done it once, <laughs> but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's like I was oh, panicking massively and so anxious and, and stressed. Everything was stressing me out. Yeah. Then it weirdly on the day, like I didn't feel nervous at all. Like I felt a little bit excited. Okay, there's probably a little bit of nerves. Um, like it's more more so trying to find the the start line, especially as I'd not really been not really familiar with London, but didn't actually feel that nervous. It was more the days in the lead up. Yeah. Yeah. I guess because on the morning you probably just thought, well, the day's here. I'm going to do it now. Like, yeah. You know, I've just got to yes. get myself to the start, and then I'm on my way, and and then, you know, it's done. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. What um, so you know your first one then three eighteen, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure you had another couple of ones that were around three fifteen, around that sort of time. Yes. So, then, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously then you come to 2019, and you achieve this amazing time. I remember seeing it on the day, like I've been so happy for you and proud that you've got your your three like literally three hours and one minute. Oh, thank it was you. a huge, huge personal best, a huge improvement from what you'd had before. So tell yeah. us, what was, what was different? How did you manage that? Uh, so the first three I did, um, I followed, you know, as I mentioned before, I followed an online program. Um, and uh, funnily enough, I finished them all in about the same time. So uh, Seville was a 3.18, Chelmsford was a 3.14, and then London in April 2018 was a 3.16. Um and so I'd kind of after that I'd, I'd written off marathons a bit and thought right well that's that's my time that's how I'm always going to finish them and then I was doing a gym class um at a gym one day um and the the guy taking the class there started talking about how he did um Ironmans and stuff and he offered coaching and I kind of thought oh if I you know if this guy is can be a run coach or was a run coach I could do another marathon and see see if I can get a better time having, you know, a coach set me a program. Mm. So uh, I approached him and he was like, yeah, I, I coach runners. I can do, you know, online programming for you, um, blah, blah, blah. And so I started that. I set that up. Um, I followed the training program that he gave me. Um, and that is 110% the reason I got the time I did. Um, because, you know, it was more tailored to me uh my style of running the paces I run um but also it made me do a lot more mileage than I have ever ever done um so I think it it got me physically and mentally in so much more of a um a fitter place for for the marathon this year so that was the the big difference was getting a coach um and having a a proper training program yeah 
And you say that, you know, you were doing mileage that you'd, you know, way more than you'd ever done before. So what do you think was the increase? Like what were you, what was the highly mileage, you know, the peak week, like prior to that with the general plan in comparison to the plan that you were following with, um, with Phil? Um, So the general plan, I was probably, oh, on kind of long run weeks, maybe doing, um, let's think, maybe doing 40 miles a week maximum. Mm. Um, Whereas uh, on the plan this time, I'd have uh, regular weeks that were, you know, 100 kilometre weeks. So that's what, about 60 miles. Yeah. Yeah, So just cramming a lot more mileage in. Yeah. Did it, was it a shock to the system or did you, you know, build up a base enough so that your fitness was, you know, improved and you, you managed that extra mileage? Because um, I started working with uh, Phil from ooh, July the year before, I actually spent much of kind of that period building up a base. So going out doing long, slow runs, you know building up from an hour and a half two hours going out and doing three three and a half hour runs regularly just to build up that aerobic base Um, and I really think that helped so that when it came to tackling the training program I already had that you know that aerobic fitness there and I could just build on that yeah yeah and you did a lot of um, double runs as well didn't you in your plan you were running in the morning and the evening yeah, gosh, you know, the first time I saw a double run day on my plan, I thought, I can't run twice in a day. That's, that's <laughs> insane. Why would you do that? But actually, then they became uh, one of my favourite days were double run days because um, it was never, you know, two hard sessions in a day that they always balanced. You'd have, you know, one easy and then one tempo or a speed session and then an easy an easy run later. Um, but they were good fun, actually, and I always really enjoyed the uh, the post-run hunger the next day it was great I just can't describe hunger like it after you've done a double run day (laughs) yeah especially if you were doing a double run day with a workout like one of them because I'm assuming the morning was your workout was it um so it would depend sometimes it was you know a gym workout and then a run or sometimes it would be a run in the morning and then a run after work Mm. so yeah it varied Wow. Are you doing mileage? Like what, what, you know, what is your current training plan like? Um, so I'm not following a fixed plan at the moment. Um, I'm just, I did the Great South Run in October. Um, and leading up to that, I just kind of realised my body was still really tired. Um, yeah. I hadn't really rested after London like I should have done. Um, so I just decided that I'm just going to give my body a bit of a break for a bit. So I'm just kind of running when I want to I'm still running regularly because I still love it and I I don't want to not run but I'm just doing the distances I want to and the paces I want to run at just kind of letting my legs do what they want to do really and then in the new year I'll enter something and start training for that so you're literally you've got no plan nothing telling you what to do you'll just run when you feel like it what day you feel like and whatever mileage yep um I am actually doing a uh I don't want to call it a race because I'm not racing it but a a run event this Sunday um and it's it's a local one and it's a six hour event and I think it's just under five mile loops and basically you just run for 
as long as you want to with a, a time limit of six hours. So the only stipulation is to get your medal, you have to have done at least one lap. So uh, me and my husband are just going to go along and set out at, you know, chatty miles pace and just see how long we want to run for. Um, so I'm kind of calling that more of a long run than an event. It's not something I've trained for. We're just going out to do a run and we'll get a medal at some yeah. point when we decide to finish. <laughs> So as long as you've done one lap of the five miles, you can you would achieve a medal, but you can go for as long as you want during the six hours. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Ah, what's it called then? Where's that? I feel like I've heard of this one before. Um, so the the company that runs them is called On the Whistle, and they do four throughout the year. Um, and this one is called the Festive Frolic <laughs> because it's near uh, Christmas. But yeah, they, they do four over the year. So I think the last one was uh, in the summer. Um, so yeah, it, it should be fun, I think. Well, I hope. It's probably going to be painful as well, but oh well. <laughs> and what, um, like in the most recent weeks or like say, for example, in the last two months then, what's the furthest distance you've done just so we, we know? Um probably about 22k yeah so that's yeah that's just over 13 miles um out on a a trail run so yeah I I think my my goal in my head is um if I could get to 20 miles on Sunday I Mm -hmm. think I'd probably my sensible head will say we've we've got here let's call it a day because you know there's a there's a balance between um seeing how far you can push yourself but also asking for an injury mm-hmm. so you know I'm well aware I've not done a lot of mileage lately so I'm just going to go along and have fun and you know walk some of it if I need to walk just enjoy it really yeah that sounds great yeah. um so moving just going back slightly to obviously your marathon training um yeah. and obviously you've you know achieved such a brilliant time this year what would you say um, the biggest do's and don'ts are to training and running a marathon? Because at the moment, we're, so we're mid-November coming towards the end. A lot of people are going to be right in the throes of a build-up base for spring marathons. So that this might help someone listening today. Um, biggest do's and don'ts. Um, I'd definitely say follow a training programme. Now, whether that is, is you know, when you get off the internet or, um, you know, you found a coach who's written you a program, but, but follow a program because having it's, I guess it's a bit like, uh, when you're a child and you, you just do what someone tells you to do on that day that, you know, the adult in your life, they say today you go to school or today you, Mm. you go and do this. It's so much easier when there's someone telling you what to do because you don't have to decide. It's just there written in the program. And you know that at the end of it, that will, get you around a marathon um so definitely yeah um find a coach or even you know go along to a running club because um lots of running clubs will be running marathon training sessions they'll have other people doing the marathon so you could meet someone who you could you could train with um but yeah certainly get get some good training in um and get some good trainers as well because you're going to be doing a lot of miles so make sure your trainers are right for your feet um I'd also say, uh, and this is um, slightly ironic coming from me, that you should do lots of stretching. Um, <laughs> it really does help. Uh, uh, so, um, yes, I don't necessarily always follow my own advice, but 
it is good for you and it really does help um so yeah. even if you just spend 10 minutes after a run doing some stretching it it really will make a difference um and other do's for marathon training um practice your fueling because it's actually really a really really important thing for marathon day um and you know you might be one of these lucky people who can eat or you know take on any kind of fuel on their run and be absolutely fine or you might be like me and you have to try about 15 different things before you find something that doesn't make you feel unwell or running for the nearest toilet so Mm. um yeah definitely try that um and I'd say a don't is um don't try and make up for lost runs so if if you can't you know make a session for whatever reason or you've been ill or just circumstances have meant that 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 long run just hasn't happened or that run hasn't happened just move on to the next session um if you try and then cram it into a rest day or you know cram it into another day um you might just end up injuring yourself especially if it's you know your first marathon and you're you know you're building up to that mileage so yeah don't don't panic too much if you do miss um, a session don't try and think you've got to make up for it later on that's like a brilliant tip because I think um sometimes it's too easy to think oh well I'll do that one now today do the other one like tomorrow blah 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 like I know I was when I missed a lot of session sessions I'd be like oh no I've missed that really like fun session that like seems more appealing to me than the one I've the other one I've got so I'd like want to swap them around (laughs) where like you're you're ill or you're sick and you miss like what other fun sessions the fun intervals or fun and then you're like oh so I've missed the fun one but I've still got to do my hill sprints yeah (laughs) like really (laughs) yeah and it gets to like hill sprints day you're like why why am I better today why why Why? now (laughs) I would tactfully like swap them around in uh, training peaks like have that right I'm gonna swap that one to this (laughs) I'll do hill sprints next week it's fine (laughs) I I think everyone does that really but yeah I think anyone that really enjoys hill sprints is there if you do if you do message me I've yet to find someone who really enjoys it yet I don't like them no I hate them (laughs) but yeah I hate hills but um so those are really good tips especially as I know lots of people are training currently there's a lot of people training for London um yeah lots of newbie marathon trainers as well so that's great um what would you say Carrie keeps you motivated and and inspired when you're working towards a goal um and you know especially running related or it could be anything else what what keeps you motivated um oh so I'm I'm quite a self-motivated person um and I think because running's been in my life for so long it it just kind of forms part of my everyday thinking anyway um so it's it it sounds probably cliche but it's actually rare that I run up and uh, run up that I would wake up and think I actually don't want to run today or I don't want to do you know the run I had planned um but also uh I think I just I I really really do enjoy being out for a run it's it's my headspace it's it's like run therapy um really um and it's you know if I've ever had difficult times in my life it's been that time where I can you know sort my jumble of thoughts and 
make decisions and just generally get be a bit you know bring a bit of calm into my day when other things might be completely hectic or you know not particularly pleasant around me it it really has always just been my time um and even now when I run with other people when I go running with my husband it's still it still acts as therapy to me um i I absolutely love it. And I, I sometimes actually quote on uh, Instagram um, that running is keeping the crazy at bay. But I really think that does apply to me because it it just it calms me so much. Um, and because I know it has that effect on me, that's what acts as a motivation. Mm. Yeah. So it's yeah, it does come from within. But I think that that's what makes me love running is that my is because my motivation comes from within if that makes any sense <laughs> that does that does and actually you've answered the questions as to why you run as well you know when I normally ask hashtag you know what's your hashtag why I run so yeah. all of that is your reason as well to run and to get outside and you know to like you say um have that headspace that very much needed headspace to calm you yeah yeah it does it does does definitely keep you calm keeps that like you know the stresses and anxiety at bay yeah and I think it you know you feel so much more prepared for dealing with those sorts of situations when you've you've been for a run because you've just had that time to sort your thoughts you've had that time to do something for you as well Mm. which I think is important um so yeah I really am I really do credit running for a lot of things yeah definitely um and then like because talking of the motivation inspiration like to me I've always loved following your journey your running um especially as I would say you are a very talented runner and seeing you achieve your time this year in London and like not just that but I knew how much work went into it I knew you know the hours you put in weekly your double run days or the gym and run all in one day while still working full time um you know still committing to family etc so like to me people like yourself you know dedicating this time though the motivation comes from within and it's very much indoctrined into your life I find that really inspirational so I was just thinking you started documenting your running journey over on Instagram. How did this come about? When did you start? And like, was it your own idea? Did you tell friends and family or did you just keep it totally anonymous? Um, So I only started it um, to, when was it? September, where are we now? What year are we now? 2019. So I started it uh, September 2018 around that kind of time um so as I was kind of building up to train for um London this year um I I wanted to kind of document my training keep a bit of a diary um something to look back on and record how I felt and I knew other people were using Instagram for similar sorts of things so I thought I'd set up a you know a running Instagram account account completely separate to my personal one um and then I found this whole running community of people who have done exactly the same thing with their running journeys uh which was just absolutely incredible for me um it it was great and actually you know you saying that uh you seeing my journey was you know is inspiring and motivating motivating to you um it's the same for 
seeing other people's journeys and other people's challenges they take on like crazy challenges people do um just to raise money for charity or you know just for the I'm going to say fun (laughs) um fun of it it's but it it's great um and I'm I'm actually really glad I you know decided to set up this Instagram account because it's opened my eyes to so many more runners so many more events um things that you know I never thought I'd be interested in doing because I've seen other people do them I thought oh you know, like I could do that. Um, like I've entered um, day two of Race to the King for next year because seeing so many people doing it this year and all their photos and all their race reports, I thought, well, oh, I want to give that a go. Um, yeah. I'm not quite brave enough to enter and do the whole thing in one day, um, but I'm going to do day two. So, yeah, it's... Um, it, oh, it's a great community. It, it really is. Um, and I did keep it um, not necessarily anonymous, but I kept it separate from my personal Instagram account and it still is separate. Um, and I, you know, when I set it up, I just put that I was setting this separate account up on that page. And if people wanted me to follow, if wanted to follow me, they could. And some have, some haven't. Um, I'm, I'm not offended by it because if running isn't your thing or you're not interested, yeah. seeing someone posting about running every day is probably going to get quite boring. So uh, I, I fully appreciate that it's not interesting to everyone. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is like, like you said, it's, it um, opens your eyes to all the other advent, um, events, events and people, you know, the crazy challenges that they sign up to, um, the community, the support that you get. Um, like you just said, you sign up to day two of Race to the King. Like I've been so tempted by the Threshold Trail series because of how mm. many people did do it. And, you know, a lot of guests on the podcast have, you know, have completed one or all of their events like Katie. Um, but yeah, it makes me want to to be a part of that and to enjoy um yeah. yeah, I think I'm most I, I excited did, about the aid stations, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they have a they lot seem, of chocolate there. Yeah, they seem pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. How much how many miles is the day two? Uh it's thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So I think day one is twenty twenty three or twenty four and day two is thirty. Um so I picked day two because then it kind of made it an ultra, um, if that makes yeah. sense, rather than being just under a marathon. So yes. Yeah, so I, I will need to do some training for that because that's going to be hilly as well. So, um, yeah, but it's something something to aim for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That would be really fun. And as much as I've been tempted by those in the summer, I'm already doing that 32, the 32 miler in the uh, start of May. And if yeah. I still want to squeeze in a good block of marathon training for the autumn, I don't think I could do another one over the summer and uh, recover well enough isn't it yeah something to aim for for 2021 then good idea very good idea yes like that we can't do it all at once and this is it we've got to you know work out what what to do now and you know and also sometimes um reminding ourselves that we've got all well I like to be optimistic and say we've got all the time in the world and, and like you don't need to achieve everything right now and it doesn't you know you can't whatever you're striving for in life be that in running or or like um anything else it could be a job a promotion family new home new house um, and yeah. you 
you can't always fabricate that right away and we have to be patient and it'll happen when it happens yeah and you know I do see um I mean there are some fantastic people out there who do running events you know nearly every weekend they're always going out doing stuff whether it's for fun or whether they're you know they're going for a personal best or just challenging them challenging themselves with you know an undulating course or or whatever um and they just amaze me um and you know they they seem to still you know work full time as well and I think gosh how do you how do you cram all this in like I you know the races I do I I have to fit them in around everything else in my life so (laughs) yeah yeah it's hard it is hard and speaking of which um I was just I ask everyone who comes on the show the following question um what do you think is key to juggling work family and running and training like how you know for anyone listening they might be new to the sport or they might be struggling with how to um manage the increased mileage if they're running you know training for a marathon you know what what have you found um useful or helpful in trying to juggle um so when I when I train for event I for an event um I'm I'm kind of an all or nothing person so if I've fix myself on something like with London this year uh, that was it and from January to the end of April um, my life was marathon training so and I know that that doesn't suit everyone and can't suit everyone but I kind of that's that's how I train because as I said I'm, I'm an all or nothing person really um, but I think the key is is to planning your weeks um, so you know rather than trying to wing it day by day sit down on a you know, a Sunday evening or a Sunday morning or, you know, whatever day suits you and just plan your next seven days, the training sessions you've got to do, the other stuff you've got to fit in and plan when you're going to do it and and try and stick to it. Because if you try, you know, if you don't plan the time you're going to go out for your long run and you're a procrastinator like I can be sometimes, you'll it'll get to 3pm and you still haven't done your long run and then it's getting dark and you then got to go out in the dark which is worse because you might have to change your route um so yeah I really think um be organized um and you know make people aware that if you're turning down plans or leaving things early because you've got a long run the next day just you know explain to them that's what you're doing and most of them will be supportive um and if they're not supportive then well you know this is something that you've decided to dedicate yourself to um so you know be a bit selfish in that sense that you know I I want to do this I want to do well I know I've got a long run tomorrow so yes I I am going to go home at 10 p.m and I'm not going to have that glass of wine or that extra glass of wine so yeah just find your find your motivation and yeah find that as a reason to to stick to what you want to do um I'm also aware that you know in terms of juggling things I I don't really have that many other things to consider you know it's just my my husband and my cat who are both fairly amenable to Mm -hmm. my running so (laughs) I can I generally can be quite selfish with it and it you know it's not you know we don't have kids that you know we would need to ferry places or make sure that you know someone's around and and able to do things with the kids so in that sense again yeah I do have it a bit easier than quite a lot of people (laughs) and the thing is is making the most of this time now as well isn't it whilst you're able to do that and you know your work allows it and you know you haven't got other commitments elsewhere 
you know yeah. why, why not be that little bit selfish and um be able to say look well this is and the thing is like you said people who know you well and um are close to you will understand and so what if you're saying oh I've got to go home at 10 p.m and you're not having that extra glass of wine or you're not having a wine you, you you've still been there you've sp- still spent time and yeah. just saying good night and you know I've got plans tomorrow there's nothing wrong with that I think everyone's got their own hobbies and or interests that they you know choose to spend their time their free time with and you know if that's what your choice is that's you know that's that's up to you isn't it yeah and yeah they will understand when they you know see your result on marathon day or the build up to the marathon they'll think oh yeah that's that's why they did that that makes sense yeah. now yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely um where like where would you see yourself in five years time with regards to running because with your time this year and getting your three hours and one and obviously attempting um you know signing up to this ultra as well in the summer where do you see running in your life in five years time oh that's a difficult question um running will still be in my life definitely um it always will be um I don't I don't know actually um do you think because you're so close to that three hour mark (laughs) (laughs) obviously you worked hard like you worked really hard and you had a huge pb in that marathon and considering you know your time anyway to to achieve I think it was what was it would have been about 13 minute pb is massive but having said that are you hungry to get below that three hour mark uh do you know it's funny so many people say this to me (laughs) and (laughs) right now i'm i'm okay i'm content that you know because it was such a huge pb and far faster than I expected to do um I was aiming for a sub 310 um so yeah I and I still even you know with I think 2k to go it still hadn't really dawned on me the time that I was about to run it it, yeah I think you know tiredness and just trying to work out pacing and and stuff I yeah it still didn't really register until I crossed the line and or I think actually until I was running up the wall and saw the clock and thought oh wow this is uh wow (laughs) um so I I I won't say never and I won't say I'm not going to go for it but not next year (laughs) yeah um yeah I can't promise that at some point I'm not gonna say oh I really want to give a sub three a go um but yeah for now for now I'm I'm content that's the word I'll use (laughs) that's really good to hear that's really good because too often I think runners we achieve a goal or achieve a pb and then it's like right okay what's next and it's like striving for the next one so it's nice to hear you say that you're content with that achievement that's really quite refreshing um during that race I know we've chatted a little bit about it earlier um did you struggle and was there a mantra that you would tell yourself during the race um so I I started off too fast as um everyone does in a marathon I think um and 
I think being on that, I was fortunate enough to be on the championship start and which is a great experience, but everyone around you starts so fast. So trying to keep your head and say, right, I need to really control myself, even though you feel like you're controlling yourself, you still end up running um, too fast. So actually at halfway in London this year, I stopped looking at my pacing splits on my watch and I thought, I'm just going to run by feel now. Um, uh, because I, I thought I'd probably was going to blow up at some point. Um, and I kept expecting to blow up, you know, the miles would tick by and I kept thinking, I'm just banking time. I'm just banking time because it's, everything's really going to hit me in a minute. Um, and that's when I'll be grateful that I've banked all this time from earlier on. And, um, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't get hard because all marathons get hard, but I think mentally I, I was counting down the kilometers from 10 K to go, which, and in my head, I just kept thinking it's 10 K it's 10 K. And one of my friends had said to me before the marathon, treat the last 10 K like a really hungover 10 K, <laughs> you know, it's going to be horrible. You know, you're going to feel awful, but it's 10 K and then it's done. And that stuck with me. Um, and I just kept thinking, yeah, I've done a 10K hangover before. It is horrible, but I can do it. And I was just counting down the kilometers. Um, and I think that's all I was doing was just counting down and just kept saying, I'm closer with, you know, with, with every kilometer that ticks by, I'm that little bit closer, I'm that little bit closer. Um, and that kind of just kept me going, really. Yeah. Just mentally telling yourself you're nearly there when actually you've still got, you know, miles to go but in the grand scheme of things you are nearly there yeah because <laughs> yeah. you do it is mind over matter and you do have to like have some sort of mantra um like definitely I think some odd ones just come up like just like in a race I think whatever like you need to tell your mind that might come up um just so that you can get yourself through and crossing that finish line but yeah. uh, do you have a favorite uplifting or motivational phrase and why um so I think something I say a lot which is it probably not doesn't really count as um uplifting but it, it's motivation for me and it's just uh do what makes you happy um because you know so many people spend so much time doing things that don't make them happy um and really you know you need to put your own happiness first because life would life's miserable if you're not happy so that's what I always try to uh, remind myself is uh do what makes you happy so um you know and I I knew I needed a, a break from a training program this year because it wasn't that running was making me unhappy but it wasn't making me happy because I was so my body was so tired all the time um so that's when I thought I need to kind of stick by my own little mantra here and just take a break and run for fun and run for enjoyment. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's my that's my little phrase that I repeat to myself every so often. Yeah, that's a great one. I like that. <laughs> Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Um, so if you could run a race anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, Lake Garda in Italy oh, definitely yeah. it's my favorite place in the whole entire world I love it there so 
Yeah. So if I could go there and do a race and get a medal to have with my gelato afterwards, that'd be lovely. Grill. <laughs> yeah. Right. What I'm going to do now is ask you, um, as you might have listened, I'm not sure if you've listened to the most recent ones, um, but, but you'll have listened to the first few podcasts where we did the speedy PBs. Oh, the- yes. Yeah. Yes. So for anyone who hasn't heard this before, um, I'm going to ask Carrie a few options now. Um, and Carrie's got to give me her answer as to what she prefers. And she can't take her time. She's got to be speedy because it's a PB. her personal best okay so winter or summer training summer marathon or 5k oh marathon every time (laughs) racing or training oh too slow training (laughs) (laughs) um audio book or music to run to audio book right um, if you had this really um, epic race that you're training for, and the only time you could train was either 4.30 a.m. or 10.30 p.m., what would you choose? 4.30 a.m. Gels or jelly beans? Jelly beans. Or jelly babies, whichever. Um, jelly beans for me. Uh, jelly you, babies. You just said jelly babies, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So do you not, do you not use gels at all? Um, I did for my first three marathons, but this one I didn't. I used uh, Jelly Babies and um, like broken up bits of cereal bar. Wow. Okay. Um, Pre or post-race meal? Post. Beer or wine? Wine. And boiling, boiling hot run or freezing, freezing cold? Oh, boiling hot. Okay. And a broad run, all expenses paid for, or races paid for all year at home? Races paid for all year at home. Perfect. Oh, I love, I do, I'm quite glad we brought that back, actually. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was good. Um. My other question for you that I love to ask people right at the end of the podcast, um, and I love being able to ask people who actually I know that listen, listen in, um, who would you like to hear on the podcast? Um, so I, I really admire and really like Charlotte Purdy as a runner, or Purdue, yeah. I don't know how you say her surname. Um, She's a fantastic runner, and actually, she um, she used to run for Aldershot Farnham and District Athletics Club. So when I was a young track runner, um, I mean, she's a good few years younger than me, but um, she was a member of that club. And when our clubs were at the same competitions, I'd kind of see her on track. So I always recognised her name when she was starting to become known. Um, and it's great that she's done so well. She's a fantastic runner. Um, and, you know, from when you see interviews of her on TV and stuff, she, she seems like a lovely person. So, yeah, I think she'd be great to hear from. Yeah, yeah she is. And um, she's very down to earth as well. I'm sure I've, I've heard, I've definitely heard it on a podcast and I can't remember which one it was. It was either the Lindsay Hine, I'll have another, or it was Matt Chittam, um 
yeah, match it in podcast. I can't remember which one it was. Definitely heard it before. You should see if you if you're using podcast search search um her name, it should come up. She's okay. definitely been on one yeah. before. Um well thank you very much for your time and get nice. um yeah and letting us hear a little bit more about your running journey and your do's and don'ts to marathon training because that was very interesting. Um yeah, so thank you, Carrie. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. Um take care. You too. Bye. 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 Thank you guys so much for joining today and listening to Not Another Runner podcast. Please tell your friends and family who you think would enjoy the content I'll be sharing. Don't forget you can get in touch with me over on Instagram via Not Another Runner. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast, any suggestions on guests or topics. This is greatly appreciated. Send me your questions through as well if you want and use the hashtag whyirun to be featured. And hey, if you can, hit subscribe to the podcast. This will really help me to be able to give you more. Thank you again. And remember, when you get up and exercise or go for a run, you never regret going, but you always regret not going. Have a great week, guys, and speak soon.